Thank you for joining us today at Elemental Collision. My name is Dave Graham. Today, my guest is Sarah Sculling from Community Calling. Let's join the conversation. Sarah, it is wonderful to have you on here. I, you know, I, I've been doing a tour of the cohort from, from Ignite Propel, I think, since, since March. Yeah. You know, I had Laura and Christiane this morning. I've uh, had, I've talked, been talking with Liz from Material Evolution. Y'all are fascinating to me. Like, it's great to go through and see, you know, in this day and age where we've all been removed from our local offices and everything like that. We're yeah. now here. We're able to converse face to face over different time zones and different geographies. Yeah. And uh, let's start with the basics, who you are and what you do and what you're passionate about. Okay. Real basic, right? <laughs> First of all, it's great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Sure. Um, so for me, things have changed a lot in the last six months. Last time we were speaking um, face-to-face was in March. And I was telling you all about my travel startup. I was telling you all about the, my ambitions in event tourism. And literally within a week or two weeks of our chat, everything changed. Um, I knew straight away that um, I wasn't going to be able to pursue the plans that I have for 2020 with Integra Bookings. Um, but I built up along the way quite a lot of skills that I thought could help in the community. Um, so what I did was um, just try something. I bought a domain and tested an idea and it worked within a day. Um, <laughs> so I got a surprise. Um, I had to then try and figure out how I was gonna follow it through, but somehow it came together. Um, and what that website was doing was connecting people who were in need of support with those who could provide it. Um, and we were repurposing enterprise software to do that. Um, so we were able to do that really, really quickly. Um, so it, it brought something to the community that wasn't already there and was able to help during COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember, yeah, you and I had had like a side conversation. I think we were stitching together people, right? Because Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, you know, trying to figure out those resource pools, right? Um, exactly. The work that we had done through COVIDCommunityResponse.ie yes. uh, with Danny and, and Seamus and, and all those, Michael, and <laughs> there's a whole list of folks that were incredible there. But also yeah. the work that was being done in your geography. I think that's important. Like COVID did so much. Like, you know, you your pivot away from event tourism, right? Which was amazing and still is, you know, it's coming back. I know it's coming yeah, I hope back. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it absolutely is. I mean, if there's anybody like me that's out there going, I need to go someplace, I need to yeah. go do something. Yeah. Um, but being able to recognize the opportunities that were in front of you, I think, you know, a lot of what I've been focusing on recently has been community, not recently, but I think more recently than not, has been around that community. And you recognize something that was there. Um, you said it. I have skills and abilities in this, in this, in this regard, but there was a human factor in, you know, in this case, the outside influence was COVID and all of a sudden you were able to leverage those skills and do something with. So what was, you know, you said enterprise software helping people. So what's, what's been that journey? How is that? How, what are, what are some successes? Maybe some failures? I mean, you talk about failures here as well. I mean, it's important yeah. to learn from things that we've tried and what we haven't. So give me a little bit of uh, some of those stories that have happened in the interim. Yeah, well, basically, I bought the domain on the 15th of March. I was in isolation myself. My daughter had symptoms before lockdown. So we were in isolation. 
before um, before everybody else went into lockdown. And I started to worry about like what will happen to my mom if she's in isolation. She's on her own and she's in her 60s. I also had relatives who um, were talking about helping the elderly. And I started to think, well, how do you know you're not transmitting the, the virus and stuff? And I started to think, is there anybody really helping community-led um, support groups to kind of help them coordinate the support that they're offering? So it was originally set up to help Facebook groups um, to manage their support requests and their data. Um, and I set up a, a, a website with HubSpot um, as the uh, data collector for the forms for offers of support and for um, the requests for support as well. And then I used Zapier to bring that through to Slack and I created a community in behind the scenes on Slack. And I split that up by council district, so it was local. Um, 11 different council districts across Northern Ireland and then I also had a general channel um, for, for the whole of Northern Ireland for, for the whole region so the people who were providing support could learn from each other and share knowledge and share information collaborate and set up area um, coordinators for each for each location um, and then it just worked really well I had Zapier had different names of bots Cassie was our bot that was bringing through the, uh, the uh, community support requests had Zapier bringing through the requests that were filtered so they were anonymous coming through to those channels and then the people who were willing to support them were able to say oh, well I'll help with that one um, and it worked really really well and um, we used HubSpot to get feedback straight away we had really heartwarming feedback so it started to gain traction really quickly actually within two weeks I had to ask everybody please to stop sharing because <laughs> I was struggling I was really struggling I was working through the night my husband was going to divorce me it was going really really bad and um, I was like I, ca I can't actually do 24 hours a day anymore it was really tough and then I got a really great admin team on board um, a girl called Charmaine who I went to school with um, came on board, she shadowed what I was doing and then she started to pick things up because although a lot was reliant on the technology and the bots and things like that, there was a human aspect and that part was the introductions of introducing the volunteers to the support um, re requests coming through. Um, so we wanted to let those people request and support know that we're here and um, there's a the volunteer here. If you have any problems, we're here as well. You've got two contacts and um, so there was that human element. So we needed more people in, in on that part. So Charmaine came on board. Then we had one of our support requests called Danielle. Um, was When she gave feedback, she said how well it had been going with her volunteer, but she felt so bad because she felt like she wasn't doing anything herself. So she said, is there anything I can do? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Danielle um, came on board as admin and she has been amazing as well. She um, you know, her story is incredible where she sort of came through needing support and then she ended up giving so many people support. She's helped thousands of people over the last sort of five months. She's been on board from April. Um, so yeah, it, it worked out really well. So that went great. Then we, we collaborated externally with SureCert um, to take on the Tech Force 19 challenge. Mm -hmm. um, so that was obviously to help people in vulnerable situations during COVID and um, to deploy technology quickly. So it was a lot about the um, background checks of the volunteers and things like that. So we took on that pilot. We also started distributing uh, donations of PPE um, and hand sanitizer. So in total to date, we have distributed over 40,000 pounds worth of donations. Wow. Um, and that is on record time as well. Like our support requests to matches are coming in. We can do it in a few minutes. Um, 
and we've had like our feedback, the main sort of feedback that we're getting from people is obviously of thanks, but also of like they can't believe how quickly that they were responded to and that actually something was done. Um, so I think that's our unique thing that we bring. Yeah. Um, so from here, what we're looking at is really how can we share what we've been doing with the wider voluntary community and social enterprise sector to improve their response to support requests um, and also to help them embrace technology as a means to improve what they're doing in the communities. So, yeah. That's that's, that's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, and one of the things that I'm studying actually through through my uh, the academic side of my brain, whatever's left of my brain at this, at this age, is really looking at technology enablement of communities and looking at marginalized communities specifically. So, I mean, in this case, you you're looking at um, well, if you look at the elderly and the fact that they're locked in, they're shut in, they don't have the same access to resources that someone of your and my age. Uh, yeah. Not not I'm not aging you. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 well, or somebody that's more mobile, for example, or, you know, has more capability of re reaching those resources. Um, you know, a lot of that, it's, it's very interesting to see the use of technology to help other people in a positive way, right? A lot of times, you know, what makes the news is technology causing problems for people, right? You know, the facial recognition or, uh, <laughs> I, I always have to point this out because it, it happened in, in Britain. Uh, you know, burning the 5G cell phone towers because it causes COVID, you know, like this kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened here too. Um, oh. My husband, my husband it works in telecommunications and some of his team were attacked. Like, oh was, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to talk to your husband at some point too. I got to get his story. But within yeah. that, you know, there's this, this relative distrust, you know, and then obviously something you're able to accomplish that the government can't necessarily accomplish in the same period of time, right? You go through that in tre tremendous amount of bureaucracy, but you were able to incorporate safety, right? Safe cert, um, the processes there, which I know was huge for the work that I was doing with COVID community response in, in Ireland, you yeah. know, what you were doing through safe cert, you know, <laughs> it's great to be able to help people, but there's certain people that we have to be, we have to make sure that those guardrails are there, right? Yeah. But being able to implement technology, people together. And like, and like you were saying, it's just, it's amazing those connections and how agile things can be when it's done together. Not to say that technology won't break. I know I've worked with Zapier in the past and if you don't get those configurations right. Your, your bot suddenly turn into a Hydra. <laughs> like, why is all this information going everywhere? I, I, when, from your perspective, and, and you, you mentioned this through, I think it was Danielle was um, yeah. uh, the admin, but you know, someone that's being helped and then coming back and turning around and, and helping others. I think that's such a powerful, it's a humanizing story, right? If somebody recognizes that the gifts that they've been given or the, the opportunity that they've been afforded through this is, is something that they can in turn give back. Um, Lauren Christian mentioned that a little bit of that this morning, you know, through their, you know, and you both work in communities and I know you, you know each other and, yeah. and it's incredible to see that. But they mentioned the exact same thing where it's like people that, uh, the individuals that they were working with that had jobs were the ones that actually turned around and did the most within communities during this period of time as well, because they realized that that gift that they've been given, that opportunity was something that they could turn around and do it. You know, a different facet, if you will, to the whole entire story. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you see from, I think it's from my mind, the, the question at least that's percolating in there, how do people receive the technical side of what you were doing, right? It's not picking up a phone necessarily. It's interacting with new tools. Were, yeah. were people willing to kind of embrace that? You know, it sounds like they did, but 
was there any kind of impediments that you had to overcome in order to get to that point? Well, well what, what, in the very beginning, I actually contacted Twilio um, about integrating, um, and I spoke to um, Danny about that as well, you know, with getting phone lines involved instead of just the, the online forms. But I realized that there were already phone lines in um, this region for that purpose, um, through the likes of Advice NI and things like that. Um, and then the local councils have set up phone lines. So what there wasn't was that sort of quick form without having to like pick up the phone. Um, so we were kind of appealing to people who didn't really want to pick up the phone. Um, maybe just a lot of people who just felt uneasy about the situation and wanted to know that there was help available, but they didn't want to make calls maybe. I don't know. It seemed to be a different niche of um, the people who needed support that maybe was coming through our system. But what I was always willing and, and ready to do, as soon as someone flagged that they thought we needed a phone phone line, I was going to get it set up, and no one ever asked. That's intriguing. So, yeah, yeah just it's like, a... until we were asked for it, and we weren't asked for it. So you would think of like all all the situation. I think we noticed a little bit of this down in uh, with CCR. Um, we did do the Twilio. You know, we did the integration. You know, yeah. a toll free number that people could dial in. But I think it was actually the forms that had the most activity on them. You know, it was folks that heard on radio. And I, I'm assuming that you had the opportunity to go through public radio as well and, and kind of you, you didn't. So this was all literally word of mouth or through yeah. through that's amazing. I yeah. like that. That's a great that's a great organic approach to stuff. Um yeah, so you're you're continuing on you're continuing to push this and obviously COVID hasn't it's relented a little bit but you know there's still pockets of things going on do you see this extending out into other aspects of community care do you yeah. you know there's obviously PPE there's COVID there's you know the immediate response do you see this as being an ongoing model yeah. or an ongoing approach and you know maybe splitting the <laughs> the event tourism side Obviously, I mean, you're calling as an event tourism company would be a little bit different, but you know, like, do you see that kind of logical split? And do you think that this is something that you would end up pivoting towards as more of a nonprofit type operation or, you know, what's, what's your view on, on the landscape now? Well, basically what we've been looking at are the new needs that are arising as a result of COVID-19, but what that actually translates to is a lot of things that were already there but we just they weren't really on maybe my radar in particular um it was just shining a spotlight on a lot of problems that already exist but are maybe being worsened by the current uh, situation of people being in isolation and being cut off from their normal face-to-face -face communities and things like that so what we did was um over the course of july we moved our um support platform or on online sort of window to it all as, as you like um from covid19 uh, community.org over to community calling.limited and um what we did was we added a page that was for people to get involved so we asked people who could provide workshops classes mentoring all sorts of things how would they like to help in their communities and we've had a whole range of people coming forward from all sorts of training um, and support through the well-being, um, through to donations of um, food and sanitary products and different things, so that we can then match that with the needs of not only individuals, but more so other charities and other social enterprises, because we've proved our um, matching service on a granular level from individual to volunteer during COVID. And now what we're really looking to do is match um, donations of 
uh, time, skills and um, products to other third sector organisations who need them to save them maybe the hassle of, of, of trying to source different things that they need um, to help them with their existing operations and things like that. So we're looking at that and then also building a community um, for collaboration across the voluntary community and social enterprise sector um, where we can share knowledge and, um, and, and just support each other along the way. So I'm just looking into different options. But yeah, that's, we've had a really good response for that so far. So it's interesting too. Yeah, I think the humanity aspect of it is so interesting. Like you're saying, social enterprise. I mean, you're basically, you, to a certain extent, you're creating a social enterprise incubator or mentoring yeah. program even through that. And that it's critical. I think a lot of everybody runs to, I'm not saying that this was your motivation, but it's, you know, historically, you know, the startup world has a lot of emphasis on, you know, rapid, rapid development and rapid gain. Right. You know, what, what can I do to make the most money in the shortest period of time? Either get, so, you know, sell it, get bought and do whatever. And whether it be in tech or other, you know, ag, you know, agriculture, uh, financial services, fintech is obviously a huge you know, startup pool. I think a lot, you know, the, the interesting part for me or the part that I find the most intriguing about all this is that this was organic. This was solving an immediate problem. Yeah. But out of that, the incredible amount of growth that's able to be there. I mean, I get to talk to Esther on Friday. You know, like I'm looking forward to talking to Carol and, and, and her stories and, and that. But like, there is another example of, you know, social enterprise, if you will, but really kind of focusing on the human problem. I mean, you, you've, you've brought it up multiple times. Like that human problem becomes, I mean, it touches everything that we do. I mean, I can't, I'm part of a company. But what I choose to do with my time, effort, and energy and talking with you and talking to others, that's the social impact that I can have. And we build this kind of interesting spider web of community where one life touches another and builds something even, even better. Yeah. So I really love the fact that you're looking at and you're going for this. I think that's incredible. And the passion for events and things still, still is there. I can see it. <laughs> I know it to be true, right? You can't just let that go. Yeah. So do you... Do you see that there's a, a, you know, maybe down the road, and I would hate to call it, you know, compassion tourism or humanity tourism, but do you think that there is a role for engaging with, you know, with folks who want to help, you know, whether removing geography aside or maybe looking, you know, specifically into Northern Ireland, do you see that there is a, a role for that type of engagement with a wider, a wider audience? Like, it's not just about my local community, but it's bringing outsiders into my local community to help as much as possible. Yeah, I do because I think that um, like if, if, if COVID's done anything, it's, it's made us all realize like no matter where you are in the world, like you can still face those same problems at the same time. You can relate and help each other. Um, and I think in a way it's brought a lot of people from different locations closer together in, in the challenges that they face. Um, although we're separated through the isolation, I think it's brought, you know, sh shared um, challenges at the same time, which also brings in at the same time shared goals. And I think if you have shared goals, then that's where it's really easy to build strong communities, because when you're all working towards that same purpose and you're really, really clear on what it is, then, you know, you straight away got a great community with a lot of, a lot of um, passion behind it. And that's something that I've noticed. So I think... Um, it may make it easier to um, focus on sort of that compassion aspect of events. You know, that it's, it's what my community experience was before was more interest-based community. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a thing. I don't have a lot of experience of explaining these things, but interest-based being music, being travel, um, being in particular electronic music, you know, it was really interest-based. It wasn't like there was this sole cause for us all. Do you know, it was just like we really, really liked the same music. Um, so that's why you kind of want to travel to go and listen to it. But I think even an even stronger reason to come together would be for a cause, right? You know, yeah. so I, th- I think that that might be something that that is more prevalent, you know, in, in, in the time to come. I don't know. No, I, you know, it's something that it's something to think about, I suppose. I mean, it's, it, you know, I, again, like you're saying, in, communities are formed around a common interest or common goal. I've, I've heard that repeated by everybody, which is great, you know, kind of whatever social theory we want to talk to. And there's a stack of papers on my desk. That, <laughs> there's people that are spending the time to kind of go through and, and theorize about all this stuff. I think it's, you know, it's incredible to see that human element being the ties that bind us, you know, the thing yeah. that causes us to do it. So, I, you know, I love the passion, Sarah. I love the the purpose that you've had. I love seeing the efficacy of what's been done. And I, I, I you know, truly, truly hope that it continues, whether as, as a social enterprise or as a volunteer-based social enterprise, you know, something that is maintained, you know, as even if you lift your hands up and say, hey, I got to step away from this for a bit, you have a core group of folks that have adopted this and moved this on i mean it sounds like right you know you've got good people that you yeah actually i haven't even i haven't even explained fully that the full that the entire team and, and a lot of that's down to Anne. or actually you know your, your previous interview with Anne and building a board i have an amazing board like such a, a fantastic board that brings so much to our team and to our organization. And that was through the help of Anne, you know, explaining to me about building a diverse board and looking for what people bring in terms of their skill sets. Um, So our board, we have Claire um, from community, or from um, Ormo Bass, you know, the the startup community. Um, Claire Dowds as our chair. Um, So her passion is all about building communities and that's really cool. And um, she's a brilliant person to, to lead our board. And then we have Connell McDevitt, who is focused on communications and PR and operates on a global scale. So his experience is tremendous. And then we have Gary Davison from Tech Nation bringing the technology side and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Um, we have great meetings. They go really well. And um, I think regardless of what happens with me, although I can't imagine me moving from where I'm at <laughs> at the moment, right, right. but I, I, I think what we've set up with Community Column will continue. You know, we have... We have so many great people behind it already, so um, it's it's fantastic. We'll we'll find a way that we can continue to help people. So. That's excellent. Well, maybe you Anne and I should jump on a call at some point. I know we're Anne and I are already trying to set up call number two to, or podcast number two, whatever we're going to call these things. Conversation number two about diversity and boards. You know, extending that even further and looking actually within the startup space. So you know, I I think you as someone who's received some of her wisdom. And, yeah. you know, implemented it and actually seen the, uh, the impact of that kind of diversity of thought, that diversity of, um, you know, of makeup on, on, yeah. on, your, on your board, I think is, is huge. You know, yeah. a lot of people yeah. just, you know, we want to turn it from theory into praxis, right? And it's always at, you know, making it real and, and doing yeah. it there. So, you know what, listen, it's been an honor. Like truly an honor. I'm so glad we had this conversation this thank morning. You so much you know. for having me. And yeah, thanks absolutely. for putting me at ease because these things don't come um, without anxiety for me. So I really <laughs> appreciate it. It's been really lovely to chat. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, you're always welcome. You're always welcome to be back on here. Like I said, figure out ways. It's 
those threads, you know, it's, it's amazing the people that we've talked to that we have in common that we're able to kind of join the dots with the yeah. words coming out of your mouth, echo the words that I've heard from so many other people as well. And that's, that's incredible. We all have this kind of shared experience. One more thing to mention just before I go, of course, is Ignite, um, because I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't have met you. Um, I wouldn't have had the confidence to make that change from event tourism to the voluntary community and social enterprise sector at all without the support of the Ignite team and cohort. Um, I'm so grateful for that community. Um, that community is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, Chris and I have talked to, you know, we're, we're excited about 2021 and, you know, ways to continue to be involved. So yeah, you're going to see more of me, I promise. And uh, I hope to see more of you and everything that you're doing. So, you know, again, awesome to have you here. Great conversation. Let's keep it going. And uh, great. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for joining us today at Elemental Collision. If you'd like to know more about Community Calling, go to communitycalling.ltd or go to elementalcollision.com. We look forward to having you next time. Thanks. Thanks.